you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. Week to week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure that is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. If you have your Bibles tonight, Proverbs chapter 17 and verse number 24. Proverbs 17, verse number 24. Our prayers are with all those who are sick. We have several that's been calling in sick, non-COVID related, and I'm thankful for that, but a whole bout of sickness that's been coming through. Pastor Danny Lytle was scheduled to preach tonight, and he was very, very sick this week for about three days. Talked to him yesterday, and he said, I will attempt to preach, but I am still physically weak, and so I gave him uh, a pass tonight, and I'm honored to be in this pulpit on this Sunday evening, bringing the word of the Lord to you. I pray that God speaks to every heart and every life before we leave here tonight. Proverbs chapter 17, and I'm going to read one verse, verse number 24. Wisdom is before him that hath understanding. But the eyes of a fool are in the ends of the earth. The eyes of a fool are in the ends of the earth. I'm going to try to draw from this passage tonight and speak something I believe that will help us to navigate what God is doing in this season. How many of you are thankful for what God is doing in this season? Man, by the help of the Lord tonight, I will preach and use as a title for this message, The Hopeful Land of Elsewhere. The Hopeful Land of Elsewhere. God, help me tonight to deliver this word as you have spoken into my spirit. I pray tonight, God, that your spirit and your power fills in the gaps of where my vocabulary and my oratory ability may fall short tonight. I pray that your spirit speaks into lives and causes our minds to comprehend what the spirit is saying to the church in this season. Speak to every heart and every life and every mind. And before we leave here tonight, do something special in this room. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, God bless you. Long before Brother Lane made mention last week of some things that he mentioned, and most of you 
that know me well know that that was a very uncomfortable moment for me. And I don't really know how to handle that sometimes. But long before that he mentioned my wife and I taking a vacation, it really stemmed out of the worst days of her sickness. I've been thinking a lot lately about where we were a year ago and where we are this year celebrating your birthday, your 29th birthday again. Lord, don't strike me. Such is so difficult. God, my wife, which one's going to smite me the hardest? Maybe since last year, we've been talking about where we're going to go, where we're going to travel to. And I've asked her many times, give me some places that you would like to go to. Give me some, some places. We, we both enjoy traveling. And I guess it's probably sometimes the planning for the trip and actually traveling. Pastor Danny and I, we, we have conflict over the, the issue of traveling by plane or by car. And there's a point. Like if I'm going to Australia, I'm not going to try to drive there, okay? But if it is within reach of a vehicle within a day, I have kind of reached the, the point that I dislike the frustration of the airport and the, all the safety regulations and all the check-ins and wearing the masks and all the things that you have to do. So even a thousand-mile trip to Texas, I usually will embrace the idea of an automotive vehicle trip over a two-hour flight. Because I calculate it like this. By the time I leave here and drive the first hour to Indianapolis, and two hours through the airport of being all but strip searched, eventually getting on a plane, being crowded, usually being put in a seat with my wife and I, and it always falls my lot to find somebody that hasn't bathed in a few days that needs to sit next to us. And then we take the trip, and after you pay as much as it would cost in gas, well, I might need to recalculate that now. And I think about how long it's going to take me to fly. It's just a couple hours, a little over two-hour, 20-minute flight. But when I land, I, I arrive into Houston, and so that's about a three-hour trip back. And so by the time I get take an hour to get out of the airport and a three-hour trip back, I begin to calculate all of that, and it looks to me like I'm going to spend the majority of the day, about a 10-hour day, and so I can add about five to six hours of that, and I have my freedom on the road. And that's kind of our time to talk, and when I'm flying, I don't talk much. It's usually met with a lot of frustrations and all the people, and, and, and it's just I don't enjoy the whole hustle and bustle of the whole thing, and so I usually will give up an additional six hours or so on the road rather than battling with the whole idea of a flight. And so we've been talking about these things, and I ask her often, where, where do you want to go on vacation? Where would you like to go? Places we've never been. Give me some ideas of places because I, after going through sickness, she's earned a lot of things. 
And so places we would have never gone before, and now I'm kind of like, okay, uh, I'll sell plasma, we're going to go. And she normally says, I don't care as long as I'm with you. Well, at least she says, I don't care. I may have added the last part. Have you ever thought about living somewhere that you would never feel like you needed to escape from? Someplace like Frankfurt, Indiana. Growing up, I would have never pictured myself living in Frankfurt, Indiana. Indiana in general. Becky, rarely a time I'm around her that she doesn't say, brother-in-law, you need a vacation. I don't know what it means, but she thinks I need a vacation. And then if it's not me, she says, mom needs a vacation. It's usually because she says Cindy's grouchy. Of course, we know that's not true. <laughs> Jesus, help me. So here's my question. The people that live in Hawaii, where do they dream of going when they go on vacation? Frankfurt? <laughs> this is a true story. A pastor friend of mine was on vacation in Hawaii. He said he asked the concierge at the hotel where he was staying, where do people who live here dream of going for vacation? The concierge shared something with him I'm going to share with you tonight. He said the people that live here get rock fever. That's what they call it. Rock fever. He said it's terrible. He said the idea that most people have here is to save enough money so that we can go to the U.S., mainland, Japan, or Australia, which seems to be the most popular places that they want to go. He said, they need to get away from this place. It's February in Indiana. And so he asked her where she would want to live if she were to live anywhere beside Hawaii. And she said if she could, she would leave Hawaii immediately if she could afford to. And she said she would want to live in Colorado. All the while, the number one dream vacation destination of people that live in Colorado is Hawaii. But a concierge that would maybe be somewhat tuned in says the number one place they would like to live if it wasn't Hawaii would be Colorado. It's the hopeful land of elsewhere. Anywhere but here. 
anybody but these people. Any job but the one I have. Maybe this is what the wise Solomon was saying in Proverbs 17, 24, when he said the eyes of the fool are on the ends of the earth. They're always looking to and fro, trying to find where am I going to go to from here. I love our history. I love the history of this church. I love reflecting back on where we have been. God has blessed us. We have a very rich, rich history. We look, we look at the things we're doing today, things we're going to talk about Wednesday night. I'm going to preface tonight so I don't have to say it again Wednesday night, although I may. But many of the things that we are enjoying and we are blessed with and the progress we're making today would have never been possible if it wasn't that 50 plus years ago there were people laying a foundation and remaining true and sacrificing to get us to where we are today. So that today we're talking about progress and all the things we're doing. It wouldn't be possible if it wasn't for a blessed history. So I'm all about our history and enjoying and reflecting back on where we've been. And I also consider myself a vision preacher. And that is that I love casting vision and I love dreaming. I'm, I'm kind of a dreamer. Growing up, it was my family would say from time to time that I was the dreamer in the family. I would think of what could be and what the possibilities were. I often tell people that my vision is much bigger than my budget. I love casting vision. I love thinking about moving forward and what does God want for our future. And I guess maybe it's all part of being a leader trying to envision the things that are not and then preach them into existence. But tonight, I've come to remind us that we are right where God wants us to be at this moment. I'm not telling you to get satisfied where we are, but we need to pause long enough in our vision casting and in our reflecting to say, I don't need to get so caught up with the hopeful land of elsewhere, I need to pause for a moment and realize what God is doing in my life right now. The family he's working, the good he's doing, the calling he's perfecting, the blessings. We're not in this season or in this location by accident. God has designed it for the steps of a good man or ordered of the Lord and he delighteth in his way. Some of us need to take some time tonight to realize the blessings that we are living in right now and right here before we get so caught up in where God's wanting to take me and the vision that God has for my future and what 
plans God has before. Can somebody stop right where we are in this service and just pause for a moment and just thank God for where he's brought us to and for what he's doing. Can you thank God for the right now? Can you... You may not be where you want to be, but thank God we're not where we used to be. Can somebody pause for a moment and just give God praise and thank him for where we are? Go ahead and do that right now. Hallelujah. I know we all want to see what God's going to do in the future, but can we pause to see what he's doing today? What did he do yesterday? What's he doing tomorrow? And what's he doing today? Most people are waiting for change to come so they can start believing for something better. This indeed is what the wise writer wrote when he said, whatever state you find yourself in, therewith be content. Stop always thinking that as soon as God does this for me, then I'm going to, then, then there's going to be something major happen. Then there's going to be the big progress. How about, how about we just start looking right where we are and we start saying, God, I want you to show me what I can do right where I am with right what I have right now in this season. I don't have to wait for you to take me to a higher level. I don't have to wait for you to take me to another season. I want to see what you're doing in me right now. How many people can I reach today? How many souls can I help today? Let me do it right now and stop always being about what you're going to do. What are you doing now? I want to remind you that this is, everybody say this is, this, this is the acceptable day of the Lord. Oh, things aren't perfect, probably in none of our lives. I remember clearly driving down the road several years ago when our kids were younger, before teenage years. And I remember my wife looking at me and saying, I wish we could just freeze time right here. Because we thought it could never get better, and then teenage years came. And we were praying to go back in time. And then three beautiful daughter-in-laws entered into our life. And all of a sudden again, we're like, hey, could we just freeze this right here? But then all of a sudden we start talking about seven kids living on Nash Road. I know you're not supposed to tell inside jokes, but Dylan and Kayla are moving into a very large house. Her father and I have decided it's big enough for seven kids. We need this church to grow. This is the favorable time. This is the day of salvation. Don't wait for a better time to obey God. This is our day. God doesn't have to move me to a new location. I've had so many people come to me and say, and I, we, I, I'm, let me just let me pause for a moment, all right? I'm going to preach to the youth here just for a moment. 
Through the years, I've had young people come to me and say, well, as soon as I grow up, this is what I'm going to do. As soon as my ministry takes off, this is what I'm going to do for God. Just as soon as this thing happens, this is soon as I go, go soon as I graduate high school, I'm going to go. As soon as I get out of college, this is what I'm going to do. As soon as God opens a door for me, this is what I'm going to do. I want to challenge you with something that I challenged all three of my sons when they were very young. And if I threw this microphone to Dylan right now, he would stand up and tell you, do what you can where you are with what you have it, because chances are if you're not doing it today you're not going to do it tomorrow make a decision to start now with what you have and let God open the other doors but go to work now stop putting it off stop thinking and dreaming it's got to be somewhere else it can be right here right now I believe God's moving this church forward I see God moving this church forward. Uh, the things God has prepared for us. And we're going to talk about some of those things Wednesday. But God is preparing to move the church forward. I believe God wants to prosper your family. I believe God wants to bless your ministry. I believe God wants to bless your calling. I believe all of these things are true. But I'm just challenging you tonight to stop and look from the land in which you are dwelling tonight. Begin to look from right where you are. Begin to calculate right where you are. When I get up tomorrow, am I going to say, well, as soon as God gives me a new season, as soon as I get a new job, as soon as I go to the next level, as soon as I get married, stop with all of that and start looking where you are. There's not just a hopeful land of elsewhere, but there is a right now in the kingdom of God this is the day of salvation this is the acceptable season of the Lord it's an appointed time it's a favorable time the church is having revival we're baptizing folks thank God for one baptized this morning failure to move when God is moving can be very dangerous the children of Israel were given a challenge. They didn't have to go. But when the Lord said, it's time to move, the fire is going, the cloud is going, the rock is going, the quail and manna are going, but you can stay here if you want to. But all, the, all your provision is going to stay right where it is. Or we're gonna, when the Lord said it's time to stay right where we are, you can decide to run on off out in the wilderness by yourself and say, hey, I know we're not very far from the promised land, so I'm going to run out from under the covering of the cloud, and I'm going to run out from under the protection, and I'm going to run out from under the provision, and I'm going to run out from under the direction, and I'm going to do my own thing. Here is what you've got to worry about is because when you get out from under the covering that God God is placed over your life you begin to get in dangerous ground hang on God had a plan and that plan was 40 years in a wilderness but eventually when they got to the promised land there were waters parting there were walls falling down I wouldn't want to do it without being in the will of God on their way to the promised land some of the children of Israel decided to move outside of God's timing and they ended up in defeat. Failure to respond when God is moving can be dangerous. Failure to respond when God is calling us 
could be disastrous. Failure to follow God's timing could absolutely end us in despair. There is a danger in not responding to the direction in God's timing. We often try to put pressure on God by saying, this is what God is wanting to do now. Instead of recognizing that maybe God is saying, this is what I want you to do now. And it is here. And it is now. I'm not waiting for another moment. I'm not waiting for another transition. I'm not waiting for the next revival. The God, the same God who rained manna from heaven for the children of Israel was the same God who rained fire and brimstone on Sodom and Gomorrah. The God who called Moses was the same God who prevented Moses from entering into the promised land. The Lord that made Saul a king was the same God that dethroned him. The Lord God that healed Naaman was the same God that transferred his leprosy to Gehazi. The God that gave Samson power to be able to destroy the men that came against him was the same God that allowed his eyes to be gouged out. But I'm trying to preach to this church tonight for us to see the opportunities that God has set before us right here, right now and make a decision on what we're going to do in this season right here. I don't have to wait until I get into some lofty idea of where I'm going to go to. You don't know what that's going. You don't know the end of that. We better make sure it's God's way, it's God's time, it's God's protection, his provision, his direction, his covering. We need to make sure that everything is in alignment. And when everything is in alignment, then we're going to go without a doubt. We're going to go where God is leading us. But when God says, just hold right where we are, I want to be right where I am. Because when I get up in the morning, there's going to be fresh manna for me and his mercies will be new every morning and great is thy faithfulness. When I'm thirsty, he will provide water from the rock and when I'm, when I'm cold and weary, there will be fire and when there needs to be shelter from the sun, there will be the shade. He has it all planned out. You don't have to go look for it. It's right where you are. The souls that God is bringing through this door, the opportunities to build relationships, to teach Bible studies, to volunteer in ministries. There are many new ministries that are going to be unfolding. Here in a few weeks, there are going to be, there's going to be a ministry and small groups there, an opportunity for you to come on a Wednesday night our Wednesdays are becoming very, very intentional. You're going to have opportunities to come in to see where we're going, to hear about where we're going, to find out how you can get on board, where you can volunteer, where you can fellowship, where you can be part. We're trying to connect everybody. I told you in our vision service to every person that was here that was not plugged in, I want to see you plugged in. Everybody ought to be serving somewhere.
the opportunities that God has afforded us. We need to take advantage of. We need to step into those opportunities. Give of ourselves. This is the acceptable day. This is the acceptable time. I've heard people say, I'm going to serve God once I get here, once I get there. It's time for somebody to step into the victory in their life now. What are you waiting on? I've had people say, as soon as I get this issue worked out in my life, then I'm going to serve God. But I've got this hang-up. I've, I've got this situation. We got you covered too. Because except for the grace of God, there, there goes every one of us. We need to stop making excuses of our imperfections that keep us from serving God. I'm going to serve Him with everything I have, and I'm going to let Him work out my hang-ups. I'm going to let Him work through my problems. I'm going to... I wish I could get somebody to hear the heart of what I'm preaching today. Somebody needs to realize God is saying, start now where you are. Come on, somebody ought to step into the victory of God in their life now. If we're going to move forward from where we are, then we're going to have to start looking from where we are and seeing the possibilities from where we are. I don't have to wait until I get there to see it. I see it from here. A person's heart will always direct what they see person's heart who's not right will never have proper perspective on anything. I wish I could get a little stronger amen. It's Sunday night. A person whose heart, not, whose heart is not right will have an issue finding proper perspective. You want to find proper perspective? Find a spiritual individual that is praying, that is in submission to the leadership, that's living according to the word of God. And find out what is God saying? What is God speaking? Because when our heart is not right, when our, when, when our focus is off, we will not have proper perspective on the things that God is doing. We'll get out of step with God's timing. We'll get out of step with God's will. We'll end up in a disastrous situation. Negative and faithless words are a product of a faithless heart. The Bible says from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You'll never be able to see beyond what your heart is prepared to see. I'm not talking about the muscle that, that is pumping within you. When the Bible speaks of the heart, it's talking about the innermost being of man, the mind and the soul of man that make up what it, the Bible calls the heart of man. If our heart is filled with negativity, everything we see will be negative. If our heart is not righteous and right with God, we will, we will, we will be led by all sorts of things. The Bible tells us not be blown around with every wind of doctrine. It tells us to try us spirit and see if it be of God. The Bible is full of things that we are to gauge and have direction from. It is, it is the GPS. It is God's positioning system. It is in the word of God. It is God that is giving direction. It is God that is positioning us. It is God that is directing us. It's not Siri. It's not the first, the, some book I read somewhere. It is the book that is to give direction Thy word, O oh Lord, is a lamp to my feet and a light unto my path. 
You'll only receive from God what your faith is able to see through spiritual eyes. When our faith is connected to the ideology of the world, when the next door opens then, when the next opportunity comes then, how about we start having faith to believe God now? How about we start having faith to trust God here? Not the next season. Not the next move. Not the next revival. But right here on the last Sunday night of February to hear the voice of God say, put down your feet where you are. Plan in the land with where you are and allow me to grow some things in you and through you that are never going to happen because if a man moves from one spot to another, to another, to another, he will never have roots deep enough to be able to grow a tree. He may be able to grow corn in a year and have some harvest, but you're never going to be able to find the cedars of Lebanon growing in a a man that doesn't put roots down in his life and say, this is where God has planted me. You want God to bring you out of the valley of despair to the mountaintop of victory? We have to learn to be faithful where we are and thankful for where we are. We can't wait for the next great sermon, the next big event I'm going to find joy in, the next great accomplishment, the next great success story. It's where we are. Abraham and his nephew Lot left Egypt together. They were blessed, the Bible said, until the ground could not supply enough food for their herds and their family. The herdsmen began to fight over the land. Abraham made a decision to separate the herds and the family. He gave Lot the choice land. There's been family division all the way back in Bible days. He says, Lot, you're going to go here. Lot saw the well-watered plain of Jordan, pitched his tent toward the wicked city of Sodom. He didn't have to do that. Abraham gave him the choice. He chose what seemed to be right instead of following what the Lord really wanted. And that was for him to be unified. I'm going to just let that set in for a minute. He said, this looks prosperous. This looks, Abraham said, all right, you go ahead and choose where you want to go. You go ahead and choose what you want to do. You go ahead. I'm not going to tell you you can't. You go ahead and go. You go ahead and do it. You go ahead. Abraham was living in the promised land. But because of the present circumstances, he was not dwelling in the camp of victory. Let me break a little etymology out on you now. The word Canaan in of itself means low land. Abraham is in a low land. And here's what the Lord said to him during that season. The Lord said to Abraham, lift up thine eyes. I don't know how many times in Scripture that the Lord said, lift up your eyes. You know why? Because when we are where we are and we're not thinking about where we're going, we get bored a lot of times. We get frustrated a lot. Of, am I being too real with you? 
oh, I need a vacation, Pastor. I need a break, Pastor. I need, no, what we need to do is start looking from where we are right here and stop waiting for the next move, for the next vacation, for the next revival. If we're going to see the miraculous, we've got to look from where we are. Well, it's Sunday night. Last Sunday night, we had an evangelist this Sunday night. It's just pastor. Hey, he can do it on this Sunday night just like he did it last Sunday night or just like he did the Sunday before. Look from where you are, not where you're going to. So the Lord said, so the Lord said, lift up your eyes because I mean, I, we could preach on this for a while, and I, I, I see the time going, and it's my wife's birthday, and I got to take her to dinner after church, so I got to hurry. I'm sorry, babe. I, I told you I wasn't going to preach long, and I, but I'm like Dylan. If I ever tell you I'm not going to preach long, get ready. I'm going to preach a while. <laughs> Lift up your eyes. Look from where you are. Because it's, it's impossible to see very far ahead when you're looking down. When you're looking at all the negatives and impossibilities. We had a long board meeting yesterday. It lasted about four and a half hours. Thank God for a great board that deliberated. We got some great things to bring to you. While we had caution and we had possibilities of what could go wrong, I thank God that there are men of vision that said we got to look from right where we are and look where God has taken us to. And our plans for the future have got to be from right where we are. We can't sit here and wait and say, well, as soon as God does all this, then we'll start thinking about it. We've got to start the pattern today. It's impossible to see victory when you're looking down. When one looks up, he is seeing through eyes of faith. We need to pray looking up. This is no time to lose faith. Keep believing. Keep on praying. Our worship ought to not be downtrodden. We ought to, we ought to worship looking up. God, I'm not asking you to move me from where I am. I'm not asking you to take me to the next level. I'm not asking for this cup to pass from me. What I'm asking is that you give me the courage and the wisdom to learn everything I can learn with this thing that I'm going through right now in this health crisis. I want to find what you are speaking to me now with this situation. I'm going to learn everything I can now. God, I know in your timing you're going to bring me through and bring me out, but I'm not going to be angry at you and angry at everybody else and look I'm just going to lift up my head where I am for my redemption draweth nigh. I will look from here unto the hills from which cometh my help. We need to start looking up. So the Lord told Abraham, he said, look from the place where you are. Because if we're going to see from where we are, then we're going to have to start looking up from where we are. Not start, yep, I'm going to start, I'm going to get faith once I get through this. I ought to throw my wife this microphone and let her come finish this message tonight. 
because if she would have lost faith in the middle of some of the things she's been through, but in the middle of some of the worst days of her life, I'll never forget the Sunday morning when she was so sick, and I said, baby, you need to stay home, and you need to rest, and she looked at me, and I I insisted that she stayed home that morning because she was terribly sick, had been up most of the night, and she looked at me, and she said, you listen to me, it is harder on me to sit here or to lay here in this bed and watch a service online when I want to be in the house of the Lord. She said, I am getting up. I don't feel like it, but I'm getting up because it's better for me to be in the house of the Lord feeling bad than to be here. I'm going to look up from where I am. I'm not going to let depression set in. I'm not going to let the enemy speak into my life. I'm getting up by faith. I'm going in faith. I'm going to do it by You got to start looking from where you are. My situation is bad, but I'm not giving it credit. I'm giving God the glory. I'm giving God the credit. I'm looking at victory from where I am. God is faithful. Oh, let's give God praise tonight. And so the Lord, he says, Abraham, look up from where you are. And then he tells him to arise. That's that's a nice King James word for saying, get up off of your do-nothing. He said, arise and walk through the land. Some of us need to just get up and walk. Well, as soon as I see it, I'll start walking through it. That's not what he said. He said, arise and walk through the land. He said, arise and walk through the land. Whatever you're able to see, that I'm going to give to you. There's a reason Abraham had to look up. He wouldn't have been given much if he would have been looking down. There's a reason Abraham had to get up because he wouldn't have seen as much if he would have stayed down. There's a reason he had to walk through the land because he wouldn't have had as much if he had not have walked through the land because you can see more when you're traveling through. Some of us want to build a, a three, three, three tabernacles and, and, and claim all of the defeat that is coming with this. Somebody needs to shake off the spirit of depression. Somebody needs to shake off the spirit of infirmity and declare I'm walking through this land I'm a sojourner here I'm not building a house here there is another side to this I'm going to get victory here I'm going to give God glory here I'm going to praise him here I'm going to work in his kingdom here I'll give God praise in the house tonight Walking by faith means taking God by his word. Just declare right where you are tonight in the middle of your situation. Somebody said, well, I don't want to claim this. No, you need to let the devil know I am where I am. God's put me here. This is my territory, not yours. Get behind me, Satan. Pastor, you don't know the pain I'm in. Then you need to claim it and say, I declare in the name of the Lord, God has planted me right in the middle of this pain. Satan, get out of my life. I'm going to declare this is my territory. God has put me here. I'm not moving from where I am. You need to start growing where God has planted you. Claim it, declare it. I am growing where I am. I don't need a vacation from life. I need to learn to see beauty in the place where God has placed me. Not waiting for a new position to gain new perspective, 
but I'm going to see it from right where I am. I see my need supplied. I, I don't know where it's coming from, but out of nowhere, the Lord is able to supply your need. I, I just felt something in the Holy Ghost right there for somebody. I don't know what you were asking God for and you've been waiting for. You just put down your feet and say, God is going to supply the need right now. When John was sent to the Isle of Patmos and he was there and he couldn't, God said, I'll send some ravens to feed you right where you are because I know where you are. I see where you are. You feel alone in your dilemma. You feel like nobody knows where you are. You feel like nobody knows what you're going through. God knows where you are and he can send a raven to right where you are and he can feed you this very night. He can heal you this very night. He can bring provision to you this very night. Stand with me all over the room tonight. Don't fall in love. Don't fall too in love with the here and now. We need to receive and accept it. Walk in it, live in it. Declare it. Plant my feet in it and know I'm right where God wants me to be. I'm not cursing the darkness. There'll be light when the Lord decides it's time for there to be light. But don't fall too in love with the here and now because there is another hopeful land of elsewhere in the scripture. John the Revelator said, I dreamed of a city. It was a city four square. It was a city whose builder and maker is God. There were streets of gold and walls of jasper. The church needs to get its eyes off of everything that is going on around us. I know what's happening in the world. I know I read the articles today and you probably did too where Russia has sent its nuclear teams on special alert, call them to readiness. What in the world is this just posturing or is this real? I don't know and I'm not here to debate that with you tonight. But I am, am here to tell you that this old world is not my home. I'm right where God has planted me, but this is not eternal. This is temporary. The pain in my body is temporary. The things I'm going through is temporary, but this world is not my home. I, there is a place, there is a hopeful land of elsewhere, and there will be no more tears and no more sorrow and no more pain and no more death. Come on, somebody needs to catch a glimpse, a glimpse of that hopeful land of elsewhere. There is a land far beyond the sky. There is a land that he's going to take us to. Come on, church, this world is not my home. This world is not my home. I'm going to another place. I'm going to a place where Jesus is the light. I'm going to a place where there'll be no pain and sorrow or sickness or loss. Oh, don't you want to go to that land? Don't you want to go to that land? going to open these altars tonight. Maybe there's some folks in this room that just want to walk to the front of this place and declare I know I've been going through it. I know I've been dealing with pain. I've been dealing with sickness. I've been dealing with things and I've, I've been looking and waiting for the next season. But tonight I'm going to lift my eyes from where I am and I'm looking to the other side and I'm going to say God let, let me find the glory today because it's the other side that I've got to live for. It's where you're taking me to that I'm going to live for. I'm 
I'm going to walk on streets of gold and see walls of jasper, see Jesus face to face and all the loved ones that's gone on before us. I can't get too caught up in the here and now. Come on, let's pray all over this building. Just turn this house into a prayer room right now. Anybody want to be the love of God to your neighbor? Oh. 